Tim Beers. I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We uh, talk a little about soccer and beer and pretty much whatever else comes to mind. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How about you? Yeah, I'm living the life. Living the life. <laughs> living the life. <laughs> Got a little Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest music playing in the background. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great little ditty to start off with. Yeah. What do you think of uh, our Oktoberfest date coming up? 19th. The 19th. The 19th. I now have a solid date to shoot for. Yeah. So I guess the last thing I've got to get done for that is just cook the uh, what is it? mustard pretzel chicken breast. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Some tasty mustard pretzel, crushed pretzels. Yeah. Chicken, chicken breast. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. the beer's done in the keg, carbonating. The giant Jenga game is completed, so we're golden. Beautiful. Well, we got to get the invites out to the kids now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just you and I sitting drinking two, <laughs> two kegs of beer. Two kegs of beer. <laughs> <laughs> sitting oh in the garage. That'll be, we'll be a wreck for a week. Yeah. We got it. <laughs> We've done worse. <laughs> we have. <laughs> <laughs> and usually a wreck for a couple of days afterwards, too. Yeah, maybe a little longer. <laughs> so, uh, well, we just uh, watched the Timbers absolutely have a shit show with uh, Kansas City. Yeah. Um, 2-2 tie. A couple different red cards for Kansas City. A red card for us and our little uh, Brian Fernandez. Yeah. Um, so interesting stuff from the Timbers there. And then we haven't recorded in a while, but, uh, been to a couple games and I got to tell you, been a little underwhelmed with this team. Uh, it's been pretty lackluster. Yeah. Pretty lackluster. So what's, what's to make of what's going on? What are Uh, we doing? You know, I think, I think this is kind of a, a hard season to gauge that off of just because the way this season has been. Um, we had a ton of home games to start out with. Now we had a ton of, or no, ton of ton of away games. I'm sorry. Then we had a ton of a home games, back to back to back. Um, so it's kind of hard to gauge. It's not really a normal season. Um, I think the fans are getting kind of tired of a home game after a home game after a home game after a home game, and we've seen that with attendance records. Um, we've definitely seen it from. Uh, general admission trying to resell their tickets. Um, there's just a ton of tickets available. Nobody's nobody's buying them up like they used to. Uh, and I, I even think we're starting to see it from the players as well. They're you know they always say how it's always such a great thing to to play at home and be in front of the home crowd. But when they're doing it in the the short notice that they're doing it, I think they're just gassed and they're they're it's. It's hard to put in what they're trying to put in and, and do what they're doing. So I interview with one of those MLS prognosticators, the paid guys, not the volunteer guys like ourselves. Yeah. And uh, they were talking a little bit about um, Timbers might win the MLS championship. <laughs> oh, what? Well, so they're not going to lock in uh, home field advantage, right? Because um, 
they're out of it. LAFC's got that sure. locked up in yeah. the West, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the but the Timbers never went at home anymore. They just went on the road. They went on the road. That's so a good go. point. That's we could a just very good point. Run the table here. <laughs> I so. could. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold your breath, kids. No, he was jacking, and they were laughing and having a good time about it. But which would make it, it even funny. funnier if we did it, right? Well, well, let's pour a little beer here, and I think Mr. Nichols wants to uh, talk with us. Really? So I've got a uh, Zoigel House October Fresh. Ah, I think that's the one Timmy wanted us to try, isn't is it? it? I think so. Well, this isn't from Tim. Now we can tell him we tried it. Yeah, I think that's the one he said he had in his car. There you go. The <laughs> car that never appeared. Yeah, that's right. Hey. All right, well, let's pause this. We'll come back, talk a little bit about this, and we'll have uh, Tim on the line. Woohoo! What's up, buddy? Hey, not much. How are you? Good. You're live on the air. I'm live on the air on some funky 800 number. I don't. I, I know I don't call 800 numbers. I'm like, <laughs> you got the phone up to your face. Keep it. Keep it tight. I, I do. Is, is that any better? Yeah, it's way better. Excellent. Sorry about that. Well, thanks for calling on 800 number. <laughs> It's it's been a few days since I've seen you. Your your blood pressure sounds like it's a little lower than when I saw you on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I feel much better. <laughs> That's amazing what a red card does. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. So, what did you think of the game? I know you watched it. Uh, I did watch it. I had the um, I have mixed thoughts. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm you know, it, it continues with my buddy Jeff's theory that MLS might be at the next level of WWF and that it's just a stage <laughs> drama fest that, you know, the Timbers could have pulled it out and, and won this and had it clinched and could have taken care of business, could have, you know, had match in hand and got to rest Everyone on decision day. Is that what it's called, Gary? Decision day? Yeah, yeah decision day. But no, they, they, I mean, they couldn't. They couldn't control themselves and not get in a confrontation and look like a bunch of middle schoolers on the pitch over a stupid call. Brian Fernandez takes some more cocaine and chill <laughs> the fuck out. <laughs> well, you know what? What if he, what if he's cured of that and he just has the brown bag flu? Well, whatever it is, but I mean, I I mean, I I, I kind of look at this match as as you know a little half full. At least we got a tie. We don't have to have a win to advance. We could tie and get a little help. We win on on Sunday. I believe we're automatically in. So I mean, I guess well, that's good. At least we got eight points. We sit in six. We have forty six points. Dallas sits at forty five. San Jose's under the line at 44. So as long as we tie or we win, we're fine. Um, And then San Jose, they've got some work to do to try to catch Dallas. Um, But, yeah, and we'll have to see how that looks. Could we lose and everybody else? If if we lose and both other teams lose, we're still in, right? Yeah. No, and but how do we know? Because we, we we play San Jose, so we you know if we lose to them, it's you know a done deal. Okay, and what they if advance. we lose and Dallas loses? Do we advance, though? 
I think if we lose and Dallas loses, we're still okay. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, yeah we're seventh. Yeah, because they're they're at forty five, we're at forty six. So if we lose, and then we go to Shittle and we're gonna get the shit kicked out of us. Yeah. Hey, for the record, I made it forty five seconds on your episode before I dropped a profanity. Yeah, you're fine. (laughs) All right. Hey, what are you drinking right now? I am not drinking a thing. I uh, am just laying low. I I did think. I mean, going on that that half glass full thing. I did think I liked what I saw in the first half. That we as a club came out and kind of endured defensively their energy in the first half as they pressed and pushed, which a, a home team will do. We didn't do that in the second half because we gave up a quick goal in, what, 87 seconds. But I thought that looked good. Um, but more I'm importantly, not calling it in the first half, and, in the second half, no, I look, we're, we're garbage. We're we are garbage. <laughs> Kansas City has 38 points. They're 10th. They're eliminated from playoff contention. They're playing for nothing other than debauchery, and those guys are trying to play for contracts. All right, I've been to Kansas City, and the debauchery that happens in Kansas City, you don't want a piece of Yeah, well, look, we're playing for everything at this point. Our guys couldn't pull it together. And then the other piece is, where the hell is Diego Valeri? Last time he's uh, around, he's up on the capo stand saying goodbye, and he's nowhere in sight tonight. But that's a good thing. I think that's actually a really, really good thing. you got Obobasi, who's appeared in every single match this year, a half of rest, which he hasn't had in a long time. And you also got Valeri, who I believe on Wednesday you called a 30-minute man. You got him a full match a full match of rest that hopefully come decision time he's and come playoffs, he's going to be a little more rested and ready to go. We've also shown now for four or five matches that we can perform to a low level without Brian Fernandez. Yeah, look, LA clinched today. They won the supporter shield. I guess yesterday or a couple days ago, they won the supporter shield. And they throttled Minnesota. A few weeks ago, they throttled Seattle. And they've throttled the Galaxy. Um, this thing's not even close. And really, the gap between us and Minnesota, Seattle, and L.A. Um, well, Minnesota owns our shit. Well, all, all of those teams own our shit. The only one that really doesn't is Salt Lake, who's right above us. Yes. So, I don't, I don't know what the thing is. Who knows? I don't know. You know what we're drinking right I now? I also think that uh, that we're, we're pretty darn lucky to not have a multiple game suspension for either Blanca, who was out of his shit mind control to confront that ref, as well as your famous coach, who was like all over that ref face on Wednesday. I mean, those could have easily been. And Clarks, I mean, if you were in the NFL, if you were in the NBA, if you were in the NHL, and you made the comments that Ebo made, and you made the comments that Clark made towards a referee, you'd be sitting multiple games. So I think we're in a, in a, in a relatively good spot. So what, what, uh, what are you drinking right now, Mr. Rogers? We're drinking the October Fresh by Zoigel House. God, and, and I'm curious. Did you write it yet on uh, – yet? Because I, I had that uh, – earlier today, and I've had two of those now. I stole it out of your car. 
<laughs> well, you, if you did, then that's weird because it reproduced itself, and I've still got one left in, in, in my fridge. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's good. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not bad. It's not, not traditional by any means because of the little zest and that fresh, fresh hop thing at the end, but it's good. I would what agree. Do you think? It's got an, I gave it a four and a quarter. Um, I mean, I, I think that, you know, 5.5%, 17 IBUs <laughs> is right in, in that mix. Um, I, I, I liked how it had a little bit of that greenness to it to be fresh topped, but it, it wasn't over the top. Um, but it's not, not traditional by any means. I may have a, a fest or a margin kind of issue. I looked back at my late beer, and I've got like seven beers that I've tried that are Marsden so far this month. Mm. Yeah, you got you got a thing going on. Well, we got we got four theoretically we're gonna do tonight. So, but we okay, hit me, hit me with the four. Uh, we got uh, Zoidal House October Fresh. We have the Sierra, Sierra Nevada October Fresh, Fresh, or Fest. We have. <laughs> We've got the Bob, Bobtoberfest by Heater Allen. Ooh, Heater Allen, nice. And then the where'd, final where'd one. Where'd you find that? Give a shout out to your, to your distributor. Where'd you find that one? That's a flat out from over at John's Market. And then I got Ruben's Brews, a fest beer. They've got a fest ooh, beer lager. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Did you guys crack that one yet? No, nope, that's next. Okay, I am. I will be fascinated to hear what you think of that because of the six that I've had so far this fall, Rubens is the winner of my batch. Hmm. Although when we you, did have. Go ahead, sir. When are you brewing next? By the way. I have a little bit of an issue still with a cobweb or a. So annoyed that will not turn on. I'm uh, going to get out the blowtorch and try to burn whatever's in that burner maybe out. I'm going to get the compressor out. I'm hoping to brew Wednesday and Thursday. I'd start with the compressor. That's the cheapest version. Okay. So just just disconnect that hose and... Yeah, disconnect and blow your lines out. If you if you start trying to burn stuff out, you you run a really good chance of burning your equipment out. Okay. All right. Dude, dude, it's your brew set. Didn't you build this thing? I built this thing, but I mean, I it's a it's a HVAC valve that I don't know a lot about. Uh, there you go. Yeah, so I've got some work to do. I'm, I'm hoping I can brew Wednesday and Thursday because those that those two bags of green on my counter are eleven days old. Since well, so are they already ground? They're already ground. Yes. Oh uh, yeah, you gotta get going. Okay, so am I in trouble there? I mean, I can now. I can do it. I can do it without and and you and. I can do it without my whole system because I have two burners that will work, and I have my pumps that work. It's just going to be manual. Everything's going to be manual temperature regulation on my mash-in. 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's going to be that big of a drop off. Um, but again, if you don't brew this week and then it pushes out the next week, then you start risking your grain, um, just really spoiling and not converting all the way. So. Ooh, okay. Well, what are you brewing? Well, my, uh, I am going to make a roaster using a longer yeast, which I've made uh, six or seven oh, batches. You, you just cut out, dude. What? I, I'm going to make a rauk beer. Uh, with a oh, rauk beer, really? Yep. So it's, uh, and then that's going to be lagered, so that'll be ready probably middle of January. Um, and then I'm going to make an alt beer, which is a one of my favorite styles. Um, and it's pretty, you know, pretty middle of the road easy drinking too. So, um, and what are you going to, uh, what are you going to make for, what's the ABV on the route? The route normally turns out middle five. I think I've had it as, as high as six, two, um, and as low as like five, one. I think you need an imperial route. I think, um, that sounds dangerous, and that that might be a little over the top. I don't think you can do it. I I, I will not accept that challenge. <laughs> not not with how much my current grain bill and all the hops were for that batch. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah it, it's well. not getting that hop is not getting cheaper, mind you. No, yeah. it's not at all. So. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, we what about Gary? About What's Gary brewing right now? Uh, I'm not brewing anything. My equipment's getting cleaned and stored. Stored? Well, that's no fun. How are you going to contribute to the show if you're not brewing? Because I've got a Oktoberfest that's already finished. Damn you. All right. Yeah. Yeah, remember, you're not in town. You're going to the world's happiest place. Yeah, yeah. I walk into that every single year, don't I? <laughs> Every and what about year. you, Mr. Rogers? What did you brew for Oktoberfest? I have a uh, Black Widow clone, and it's actually sitting here. I was thinking about actually tapping it tonight, but I think next weekend's show we're going to tap it and um, do a little comparison. So October 5th, the uh, Black Widow release party happens down at Thompson House, done by you. They're having their big Thompson House release. So that'll be a good that chance. That sounds like to a total can. waste of shit beer, and yeah. What? A Black Widow? Oh, I I will be there for Black Widow. Wait, did you say you're coming to Salem? Dude, I live in Salem. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pint. I got I've got a pint that says that Jason Rogers doesn't make it down for that and we don't meet up. Well, I I can't guarantee we're gonna meet up, but here's what's happening is that October fifth we're going to the Oregon Ducks versus Cal game and then we're going to a college visitation. So I guarantee we're coming through Salem. The question is <laughs> at what time do I stop at the Thompson house and are they serving Black Widow at that time? So <laughs> Wait, so are but, you going to Thompson's? For the Thompson's Black Widow release on October fifth, um, it's nego- Are you going to go meet your girl, your girlfriend brewery? What, what, what is her name? Lisa, Sarah, Jen, Jen. Jen. Oh, Jen. That's right, Jen. So, are you going to be there for that? Because I have that in my calendar. 
Um, and the, listeners, the listeners might drive down to come watch you Google and Google <laughs> the beer connoisseur that is yet Google the brewmasteress. Well, I can ogle, but I don't know about Googling and oogling, so that sounds a little bit perverted. <laughs> that was my intent of that comment. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I just have to see how the time falls. So we're heading down to Eugene, and um, you know Debbie loves Black Widow, hence why I brewed this thing. So the question is, um, when we go down, can we cross-coordinate? So, But there's a whole group of us going down. The question is, can I peel off and make this happen? Excellent. Well, if you we'll want to leave a car along. here at my house, you're welcome to leave a car here, if that helps you. Yeah. No, we'll see how it goes. So we'll be in, All in right. contact. I don't, All right. Like I said, I'm living by the seat of my pants, baby. Excellent. Hey, Gary, you coming down on Wednesday to brew? Well, it depends on if you actually brew or not. Um, it depends if, if I have a if I have. And a, it depends uh, on what time, because because we've got uh, we've got summer like soccer at six on Wednesday. Ten o'clock it is. Huh? Ten o'clock, you said. All right, then. 10 o'clock? No, not, you, we could go as early as 9.15. You just <laughs> got to make sure you're all ready. All right, everything will be set out, and either I'll have three burners ready, or we're going to makeshift and destroy the hell out of my pumps trying to move things horizontally <laughs> versus vertically. <laughs> just, just blow the lines. I think I have a 95% rate of competency that that's going to fix your issue. All right. I will get out the compressor tomorrow. Every right, time I've blown my lines, it fixes my issue, by the way. Hey, I appreciate your urgency in getting this episode recorded. I appreciate your urgency because you showed a thousand times more urgency than the Timbers did to win the match today and secure their playoff spot. Hey, I just had my first sip of this Reuben Fest beer, by the way. Oh, your thoughts? It's like a Budweiser, dude. That's what it is. We've done that one on the on the podcast before. What? This is brand new for this year. Reuben Fest beer. They're have October Fest beer for this year. Well, who's done a Reuben? Yeah, but this is a uh, Fest beer. Ah, because I recognize the the can. It's not their. Stencils and Bavarian inspired lager, it says, in the tradition of Oktoberfest. And it's a, um, I mean, it's gum. So your, your rating of this to style would be it's not malty enough? Yeah, it needs more malt. It's pretty clear. I can see through it. And, uh, it looks it like definitely tastes like the German grains, but it's just not malty enough. Excellent. So it's good. All right. All right, well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you including me in this episode and finally recording after, like, about a month. Hey, uh, my my email seems to be down, and this will be my parting shot. I haven't quite got the invitation to listen to the Seattle episode yet. Should I keep checking my junk mail? The last episode? Yeah, the lost episode. That's coming. That's (laughs) in my inbox, right? It's already got sent to you. I got sent it, like, eight times. You've been bitching about it Uh nonstop, and I keep sending it. Yep, yep, yeah. Listeners, you heard it there after he said it in the last episode. I'll send it to you <laughs> and to everyone except for Check your spam. Check your spam. Jason is a bunch of spam, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs>
All right, buddy. Take care of yourself. All right. That was the amazing Tim. (laughs) The amazing Tim Nickel. Very uh, similar to, like, Carrot Top, but different. (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) No. (laughs) I could be. (laughs) What a a comparison. He is. He's like Carrot Top. he's He's like Salem's version of Carrot Top. Yeah. It's our buddy Tim. Ah, well... So what? So what are the odds on uh, him having his equipment ready to go on Wednesday? Well, I was sitting there, where you guys were going back and forth on that, and I'm like, "There's a <laughs> not a chance in hell he's brewing Wednesday, especially at nine fifteen in the morning." Yeah, the problem is that this, these are the type of situations where, like, I'm totally like against him, and I'm like, "There's no way he has his shit together." Now he'll pull it together, and then at seven a.m. he's going to be like <laughs> ready to go. You're going to end up over there and. He's going to be halfway through his brew cycle by the time you get over there. So. <laughs> Probably. So, yeah, I, I don't. You just don't know. What, I think Tim follows this like thing in life where he wants to keep people on the edge of their toes or the edge of their seat. So yeah, and uh, that's that's Tim. Yeah, Tim that's just likes to him. steal the seat. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes he <laughs> likes to. Uh, Take a sledgehammer to watermelons, too. There you go. Oh, that wasn't Carrot Top. That was Gallagher. <laughs> that was Gallagher. <laughs> Tim's kind of a cross between Gallagher, Gallagher and, and Carrot Top. Yeah. <laughs> He's Salem's version of that. <laughs> and Pee Wee Herman. Gallagher Top. And Pee Wee. Oh, wow. Paul Rubens. Yeah. Do you not like Paul Rubens? Hey, you just need to move on with this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we're drinking Ruben's Fest beer lager. You heard a little bit about that one, Tim, there. Yeah. Um, this is a 5.8% uh, by Ruben's Brews up in the Seattle area. Um, it's okay. It's a lager. So it's an Oktoberfest lager. I'm guessing it's got Munich malts and some Bavarian malts in it to make it taste this way. Um, what are your thoughts? Now I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, it's, it's like a, a Budweiser with flavor. Yeah. Um, it's a lager. Yeah. So, and I'm guessing they use German yeah, yeah. malts, and we'll call it Oktoberfest. So. Sure. Um, number one beer that we had, if you didn't catch it, was the Zeugel House Oktoberfresh. Um, interesting little beer in that there's some uh, good hops in there, Ab- Abiqua hops um, and Halator hops. Let's see. Um, they're all wet hops, so they're fresh hopped. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Good beer by Zoigel House. Two more for the episode tonight. Uh, we'll try those here shortly. Well, so you talked about with Tim there uh, brewing a Marzen. And uh, I know yeah. last year we talked a little bit about Marzins and what those are. Yeah. Um, what inspired you to brew the Marzen this year? Uh, just the wonderful <coughs> holiday party that we like to do of, of the uh, Oktoberfest. That's so. right. Um, we've kind of made that a tradition. I think this is the third year, or is it the fourth year? I think this is the fourth year of our fourth year. And, um, I didn't get to participate last year, so I was really disappointed in that. Uh, the beer managed to make it, but I didn't. Um, so I really wanted to make sure I was there for, for the beer this year. So I went that route, uh, went the, the traditional lager style on it and 
It's going to be interesting to see how that one turns out because I tasted some of the beer while I was putting it in the keg, and it, it had just a little bit more bitterness than I would have liked. Oh. So we'll see if that mellows out with the carbonation. A little hopped version of Mars in this year. Yeah, which I'm, I don't know I'm a, if, if I'm a fan of that. Wow, interesting. Well, so let's uh, do a little brief review on what Oktoberfest is about and the history of Marzen. And uh, then we'll come back and hopefully try another Marzen. Hey, this is Ryan with Beer by the Numbers. And Mertzens are one of my favorite styles of beer. Its copper color and crisp taste lend itself perfectly to the fall weather. And although the Mertzen is strongly associated with Oktoberfest, its history goes back quite a bit further than that first wedding party in fall in Bavaria. So let's dive into the history of the Mertzen and see just what separates it from other styles in this episode of Beer by the Numbers. Let's get started. To understand the history of the Mertzen is to understand the greatest revolution that ever took place in beer brewing in its some 3,000 year history with humanity. Mertzens are lagers, meaning that they are beers that are fermented by a strain of yeast that likes to hang out at the bottom of the fermenter. It likes the wort to be a little cooler, and it likes to take its time about eating all of the sugars and turning it into beer. The word lager comes from the German word lagern, meaning to store. In the 18th and 19th centuries, Bavarian and Austrian brewers began experimenting with this brewing technique. After an initial fermentation period, the beer would be given a second lagering period at a low temperature, stored either in a cool beer cellar or in a mountain cave. They could be kept there for a few weeks or even several months, which gave a lot of time for the beer to mellow out and become incredibly clear. It didn't take long for these refreshing and frankly sexy looking beers to catch on with the drinking public, and lagered beer quickly spread across Central Europe. Lagers basically became a staple of the European diet by the 1850s, and with a late colonial push, spread across the world incredibly quickly from a culinary perspective. Today, every major beer brand around the world is lagered beer. Well, maybe except Guinness, making this change in brewing technique probably the most impactful in humanity's brewing history. The Mertzen is like a grandson of these first lagered beers. One of the first consistent lagered beer styles was the Vienna Lager, and when the brewers in Munich got a taste of what they were cranking out in Vienna, they knew they had to put their own spin on these great recipes. But due to limits in brewing technology at the time, the ability to brew great beers year-round was basically non-existent. Without refrigeration, it's really hard to brew good beers in the uncontrolled heat of summer, as when yeast gets too hot, they can produce higher alcohols and other compounds that make beer taste really, really nasty. And if you're trying to brew a new lager beer in the summer, forget about it. The cold-loving lager yeasts have almost no chance of getting fermentation going. And in beer-quality-obsessed Bavaria, the common-sense rule of don't brew in the summer was actually written into their law. Even before lagers came onto the scene, Bavaria had a brewing ordinance in 1553 that beer may only be brewed between September 29th and April 23rd of each year. So when it was getting close to the end of the brewing season in March every year, 
Brewers in Bavaria would make one last lager that was intended to be stored in cellars or caves and saved until the start of the next brewing season in fall, when all the fresh beer supplies were finally running out. Because these lagers were intended to be stored for several months, they were given some unique characteristics. First, they were hopped a little more than other lagers that Bavarians brewed to be consumed fresh. This allowed the beers to stay unspoiled during storage due to hops' antiseptic properties. Second, to hide that extra bitterness, they would use darker malts, more color than you'd see in other lagers like the Pilsner. This lent a darker brown color and a fuller body than most other lagers being brewed at the time. These brews were usually broken out in the early fall when the fresh ales of summer had been consumed, and they were referred to as March beers, or in German, Märzens, as a reference to the month in which they had been brewed. Märzens became pretty popular in Bavaria, and were often a sign of fall harvest and the new brewing season being upon us, so it's no wonder that the first Oktoberfest to celebrate the marriage between Crown Prince Ludwig and Therese of Saxony in 1810, they were drinking brown Märzen beers over the five days of festivities. If you looked at these traditional Märzens, they were much darker than the copper-colored lagers we're used to today. In fact, we'd probably consider the beers of the time closer to a Dunkel than a Fest beer. That all changed when Josef Seldmeier of Franzkanner introduced an amber-colored lager at the 1872 Oktoberfest festival. Josef combined the traditional Märzen with some Vienna lager recipes and a couple new lagering techniques to produce a delicious, malty, but refreshing copper-colored lager. When his brewery's supply of the traditional Märzen ran low, he broke out the new lighter copper lager that he called an Ermärzen, translating something like original Märzen in English. And those thirsty revelers loved the stuff. It became so popular so fast that other brewers quickly adopted the more amber style in Munich and the modern Oktoberfest beer was born. Over the next hundred years, the modern version of the style absolutely dominated the festival, and there were even some adaptations created that were much more golden in color. They all have a good balance of malt and hops, and offer a refreshing, crisp taste that's perfect for fall. And Märzens have adopted the style name Oktoberfest in many places around the world, especially as the festival enjoyed renewed popularity ever since the 1970s. And although they might not be as malty or dark as they originally were, breweries around the world are brewing them each and every year. Here are a few of the most popular brands you can find out there. The two biggest brands of Fest beer from Munich itself would have to be Hofbrau Oktoberfest and Paul Lanner's Oktoberfest Märzen. If you see pictures from the Munich Festival grounds, it's pretty likely that someone is holding one of these two beers in the photo. Another great German Fest beer comes from just north of Munich, the Weinheinstefaner Fest beer. All three of these German brews are pretty available in larger liquor stores here in the United States, so if you're stateside, be sure to seek these ones out. As far as US-made brands, it seems that Fest beers are most popular in the Midwest, with many of the top-rated brands coming from the Great Lake states. That's not really a huge surprise, as tons of German immigrants made their way to these states in the 1800s. Surly Fest from Surly Brewing in Minneapolis, Minnesota, is one of the top-rated Märzen beers brewed outside of Germany. 
It pays homage to the traditions of Meritzen Brewing while also giving it a fresh spin with some West Coast hops. Three Floyds Brewing out of Munster, Indiana produces a great Meritzen brewed according to the Rhein-Heinz-Gebot tradition. And probably the most widely distributed Meritzen in the U.S. is Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Although it might not be the best beer in the U.S., it's certainly one of the most widely available in the fall. And if you're looking to get your hands on a beer of this style, Sam Adams Oktoberfest is a solid choice. So if you're a beer lover, give a Meritzen or two a shot this fall. It's not only a delicious style of beer, but it also has a rich tradition being born out of the Great Lager Revolution, and it is forever linked to the greatest festival of beer in all the world. All right. Madsen. Merton. Yeah. March. March beer. March beer. I, th- I think one of the things that he pointed out in there that I find really interesting, uh, especially from the two that we've tried tonight so far, is that the Merton is traditionally a copper or darker colored beer. The two we've tried tonight are really on the light side. Um, but he did mention there are, are lighter Vienna styles like that. So I think these guys are trying to go that route. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, he started the thing off by talking about loggers and how popular loggers are, and they've right. conquered the world. Um, people like the light and fresh, and we've seen, seen the resurgence of pilsners and loggers recently. We have. Everybody's doing it this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm interested. I mean, I would love to see an old world or an original recipe of a Martzen or an Oktoberfest beer because it's more of a dunkel is what he said. So it's a darker, heavier, maltier type beer. Right, yeah. be interesting to try one of those original recipes and see what it tastes like. Well, so now you've done a couple of Oktoberfest beers, haven't you? I have. So when you brewed yours, what was the coloration on yours? Caramely color. Yeah. Yeah. So I've... Every one of them that I've done has come out almost copper or darker colored, so it's it's interesting that we're seeing these lighter ones right now. Yeah. Well, these two are definitely lighter, so we've got a third pop in here. If I can get the bottle open. There it is. <laughs> so uh, this is Sierra Nevada's Oktoberfest 2019. It's brewed in collaboration with Bitburger Brewery. Um, so... This will be interesting. It says, it's the ultimate season of revelry, so we've teamed up with Germany's famed Bitburger Brewery to make an Oktoberfest. So this is going to be a decent beer. Should be. Yeah. How's your glass looking? Empty. Well, there it is. (laughs) So orangey color right off the bat. Set that down over there. Oh yeah, now that's that's more the traditional Oktoberfest color that I'm I'm used to. Right. Still a little bit light, but it's definitely more on the orange side from what we've been tasting tonight. So yeah. So the fest beer from Reuben was very very like we said, uh, pale yellowish, goldenish. Uh, the Oktoberfest fresh from Zeugel was orangish, um, but that lighter hue, um, and then very fresh hopped. So, um, this... I like that. You like this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's got a sweet, malty flavor to it. Yeah, there's some sweetness in it, definitely. Uh, slight sweetness, not over-sweet. And the carbonation profile on it is fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's, I, think it, I think it's right where it needs to be for that beer. Nice bubbles, the whole thing. Good head retention. Yep. 
So. Great lacing on the glass. Yeah, this is very, very, very tasty. So, but yeah, I love the bubble. I mean, it's just very. This is a brute Oktoberfest, isn't it? <laughs> How did I know you were going to go there with that one? <laughs> this is a brute Oktoberfest. Brute Oktoberfest. Uh, now this is fantastic. Um, and it, it, when you look at the carbonation in the glass, it is very, very tiny bubbles. Tiny bubbles. <laughs> Softball number two, folks. Softball Just number two. Start. I'm here all night, kids. <laughs> all right. Well, so uh, and where's yours going to fall in in the profile that we've had so far? You know, it, it's darker than what we're drinking right now. Um, as far as the color goes, I would say it's a good maybe three times darker right. than, than the uh, Sierra Nevada. Oh. I mean, it's a true copper color, uh, without a doubt. The taste, um, now this is pre-carbonation when I tasted it, uh, and it was right at 40 degrees uh, well, I take that back because I let it sit for a while, so it's probably at the fifty to fifty-five degree range. But it tasted just a ta- just a hair bitter to me, um, and I don't know if it's because it sat in the tank longer, lagering than on what I usually let it do. So there was more residual yeast in the bottom that could contribute to maybe that bitterness, or if it was some of the hoppy bitterness. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm hoping the carbonation flattens that out or, or takes some of that bitterness out. So we'll see. Hmm. But I think from a malt standpoint, as far as the malty flavor goes, it was spot where it needed to be. It, n- nothing sweet, um, but very nice malty flavors to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to tasting that out. So it's too bad Tim's going to miss this thing. Um, <laughs> Tim always misses it. He's freaking in Disneyland every hey, month. He, he thinks Disneyland's better than Oktoberfest. Yeah, well, each month he goes to Disneyland. I know. That's I asked him if he owns stock in Disney, and he said no. I'm, he should. Yeah, I was like, why not? You're you're paying every month to go there. You might as well own some stock and get something back. Yeah, totally. Well, you know what we who we haven't brewed with is Andrew. We bought Andrew that uh, sour. You know, we did, and we were going to get with him after that party and do that, but I've been back to Wyoming um, a couple times and, and back since that point. Um, you've had a ton of stuff going on, so maybe we just need to rattle his cage and see what's on um, and get him going on that, because I still have his yeast packet in my fridge. Yeah, we just need a little packet of grain and yeah. let it sour out, and yeah, yeah. he's got the other stuff, so that right. should actually happen. Um, and then Johnny Boy, we haven't been in contact with Johnny Boy recently, but we need to get him back up and running. We do. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get John going again on, on brewing. Uh, uh, he seemed to enjoy it. He definitely enjoyed the fruits of the labor. Yeah, I think he definitely did, I, too. I think he really enjoyed having his own beer um, just when, whenever he wanted it. So. Yep. Um, I think he would be a, a great candidate to get started back up on that. And then Will has not brewed since the Eagle thing. We're going to get him back up. Yeah, and I don't know what's going on there. He made a pretty he, good he, dry hop he, IPA. He might be pretty busy. Um, you know, he's got what? the 
He's got Audrey, who's always a handful. But we love Audrey. Audrey's amazing. Um, and he's working on a new member of the family, too, is he not? Oh, yes. yes, yes so yes, that yes. might be keeping him pretty busy. Um, and, and he may not just want that temptation there. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Be good to be able to get everybody brewing again, though. So yeah, definitely, especially now when it's cooler. Yes, <laughs> temperatures are a little bit more controlled. Yes, you just gotta like bring the stuff inside to keep it warm. So good and dry and dry. Yeah. Well, I've got an abyss recipe I should be churning out and then picking up this week from Sharon. So, and I'm sure we'll hear her latest saga of how the business is doing. More than likely. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go after this thing. I got my results from the uh, brew festival. So, how did that turn out? Um, it turned out pretty well. I thought I had brought my results up here. Um, let's see. So, I think I placed sixth out of six. <laughs> so out of that class. Right. Um, but that being said, um, I think the grand champion overall winner was actually out of my class. So the person that won the whole thing. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, the judges notes were all pretty good. Um, they liked the taste. They liked the flavor. Two things I got hammered on or the wax tops that I put on when I first bottled the thing. Sure. Before I even knew I was going to enter Before, this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. And then, um, so lesson learned, you just got to peel the wax off. And number two is my bottle fills. I hate bottling. My yeah. bottle fills have been wonky when I uh, have been doing carb versus natural carb. Right. And so, um, yeah, my bottle fills were right around the base of the neck, and they gave me exclamation points about making sure my bottle fills were high enough. So, so what you were too low, too low. They don't like they don't like them that low. They want them up midway on the bottleneck. Yeah, so. I got a trick for you on that one. What? Um. So when when it, whenever I've done my bottling, I do it with a a racking cane, which is just that piece of plastic. I do the same thing. Um, and what I do is I stick that racking cane in the bottle. Yep. And I do everything gravity fed. Yep. Uh, so I, I open my lever or or the valve that lets the beer go. It comes in. It fills that bottle up, and I wait until it comes all the way to the very tippy top of the bottle, almost overflowing, and then I shut the valve off. And then when you pull the racking cane out, it'll be halfway up the neck. So that works for beer coming out of the fermenter. It doesn't oh, necessarily yeah. work for... you're doing it from a cave. From carving, yeah. Yeah, and that's so, a different story. And this this is the thing. I have no problem yeah. bottling out of, a, uh, out of a fermenter. Yeah. But the keg... Keg's a totally different story. Turbulence, right? So, yep. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you're bottling under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a pain in the ass, but anyways, learning lesson. They like the taste of the beer. Uh, one set, a couple tweaks will make this a champion-level beer, and so, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Well, you know, I think it's half half a dozen, what is it, what do they call it, six to one, half a dozen to the other on that, because when I did my results from the, the judging of the beer that I did, I got docked for the beer not being clear enough. And I did bottle carbonation. Oh yeah. So you're you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, kind of thing on that. Well, um, there's some ways to like 
get the bottle. I mean, I've froze my bottles. I've yeah, done a yeah, bunch yeah. of different things. There's got to be a way to mitigate it so you can get it halfway up that neck. Well, you bought that uh, bottle gun, and that bottle gun does essentially that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, and and the, the few times that I've used the bottle gun under pressurization, it works sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's one of those deals. and But yeah, the brew fest went fine. Or the uh, brew competition went fine, and it was good to enter the state fair and call it good. Yeah. Um, we'll enter this one again for next year and uh, kind of go from there. So the other thing, if you remember, as I was scrambling to get the uh, entry ready, <laughs> you had I to, only had two bottles. Yeah, you had to re-bottle one. So I had a yeah. couple 20s that I had to basically pour out, dump into a little 12, yeah. and re-sugar and carb. There's and a lot that can go on there. Yeah, so I feel bad for the poor bastard that ha- the thing. Thank goodness they actually all rated them very close to each other. Right. But I was like, man, whoever gets this third bottle, <laughs> it's going to be totally different than everything else. Who so. knows? Maybe that was the best beer. Maybe it was. I don't know. You just never know, know without doing a comparison. Yeah. Right? Never know. I even yeah had the wax. I had to. So they matched. All three were matching. I yeah. waxed that top. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. So, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Anyways, all right, buddy. Well, Summer Lake Soccer is probably about a week away, maybe two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's dying. But the, the interesting thing is, is um, I've seen a couple people since we did that Friday special. Um, Lauren Priest put it out again this week. Um to do a Friday special, and she got some people to show up, and a lot of people liked that. Did they, you go? I didn't go because I had a lot going on. Um, but uh, and I didn't. There's no way I could run with the the cough crap that I got going on. Uh, but a lot of people were saying they they really like that Friday format, um, which is interesting. So. Food for thought on that one, but they're they're really liking these Friday special event uh, summer lake soccer pieces. Yeah, well, I don't know how many they got though. Time is still the thing, right? So right, right, right. I mean, you can do it Wednesday, you can do it Friday, but it still gets dark at seven. So <laughs> very true. And and this same group though took it out till what October something last year. They did. Uh, um, so we'll see if they pull that off again this year. I don't know. See how long they run it out. So, um, yeah. And then there's just some discussions, early discussions about um, Wednesday nights, I believe, at Rose City Futsal here in the Tigard area. Actually has some open play. So Yeah, and I, I think there. they did that last year as well. Um, and a couple of the guys from Summer Lake did it. Uh, and it, it was good conditioning for them. Um, I'm just too old for it. Yeah, I don't know. Another opportunity for yeah. people to play if they I'm, want to play. I'm just too old and moldy. Yeah, not moldy, just old. <laughs> so. All right, buddy. Well, let's get out of here. We'll uh, call it good. We'll come back next week uh, a little more organized. And let's say, uh, well, I guess we have the Timber no game skiing? Sunday. No skiing? Well, what, do you, what do you want to do no, skiing? No skiing talk? I haven't skied yet. Well, nobody has, but let's talk about the snow forecast. All right. Let's, let's Holy rewind. crap. What's going on with the snow forecast? Oh, I mean, Montana got cracked with four feet of snow. Um, they're talking about pretty good snow amounts up here in the Cascades already. 
Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Do do we have listeners? Do we have an early ski season upon us? Well, currently it is 27 degrees at Mount Hood Meadows. Yeah. And they picked up four inches of snow in the last 24 hours and eight inches of snow in the last 48 hours. There you go. Uh, they have an eight-inch base, 12 mid-mountain, and eight inches year-to-date. So That sounds like it could be a November opening to me. Could be a November opening. Could be Halloween. Ever yeah. skied on Halloween? No. Yeah. No, never have. So I won't ski on Halloween. I'm going to be here, but... Of course you will. You yeah. love Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Um, ooh, here's something from KD, KTU. Mount Hood Meadows looks to hire 1,000 people by ski season. Huh. Makes me almost want to come out of retirement. And three days ago, a new lodge is being built at Mount Hood Meadows. Yeah, I'd heard that. I'd heard that. There you go. You could you could run the lodge. You could be the general manager of Mount Hood Meadows Lodge. I don't want to pay taxes this year. You'd be well. It's not going to open till twenty twenty. Technically, you, but you got to be hired in twenty nineteen to work for them. You could be the new Jack Nicholson. No, I'm leaving Oregon. You're leaving Oregon. I'm leaving Oregon. Why? Huh? <laughs> you of all people have to ask that question. <laughs> well, I'm just doing it for the listeners. Well, let's let's look at it, folks. Number one reason for leaving Oregon, politics. Number two reason for leaving Oregon, taxes. Number three reason for leaving Oregon, there's nothing left for me. That about sums it up. Well, there you go. Gary's leaving. He's made the announcement. <laughs> we now, now I just got to follow through. Well, you got to follow through. You yeah. got to sell the when house, you, to the whole you, thing. When you make the announcement, you actually have to follow through, but... Um, yeah, I've got to get the house sold, and Montana's weather's not really cooperating with uh, me being able to move there before the end of the year. So it's probably going to be more springtime. Well, this says if you wanted a job at Mount Hood Meadows this year, starting pay is twelve fifty an hour. Ooh, wow! <laughs> hey, ooh, so, that'll pay the bills. They're looking to fill one thousand positions. Nah, other benefits you get besides your twelve fifty an hour, free skiing and snowboarding. Well, that's uh, all great in finding dandy, but you probably burn up that twelve fifty just driving to the mountain every day. Yep. A mountain exchange program to ski and ride at many different Pacific Northwest ski areas. Free daily team member transportation from Hood River and Sandy. Ooh. Free group lessons and discounted equipment rentals. And on-mountain restaurant and retail discounts and a special employee store offering a range of essential items at deep discounts. Chances are you're probably burning up that just driving to Sandy, though, too. You know what? Maybe. You could take the bus to Sandy. Uh, Yeah, that's probably true. Take the bus from Tiger to Sandy. Jesus. Can you imagine (laughs) doing that? Because they probably want you on the mountain at 630 in the morning. Yeah, so you got to get up at like 3 a.m. to get on the bus? Yeah, just to get on the bus. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, kids. <laughs> you know what I would get? Bicycle. A uh, bicycle. Or I, unicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. The unipiper. I want to ride my bike. Yeah, so we got lots of snow going on. We're starting to look. The new Warren Miller flicks out. So. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Are you guys going? If you are, let me know which which venue because I'll <coughs> buy a ticket and go. All right. Well, we'll 
I just need to know what venue you're going to. We'll figure it out which day, so um, we should take a look. Because it's, it's looking pretty good, actually. You know, it looks really good. Yeah. So. But, yeah, ski season. I looked up at the skis today, and I said, huh, may have to use these sooner rather than later. Yeah, I figured that was the last thing that was going to be be packed as far as anything that I'm getting ready for the house sale. Yeah, you're going to have to go ski bachelor one last time before you leave. Oh, oh yeah. Those skis aren't getting packed until there's no more snow. And if you don't uh, leave until the spring, then that's even better. Exactly. Exactly. You can make it up to bachelor a couple times with us. That'll be fantastic. Mm-hmm. We'll put the boys, Yegor and Cameron, up in the bunk beds, and then you got the room. So Yeah. That'd that works cool. well. That'd be cool. Cool. All right, buddy. Well, let's uh, close this bad boy out. We'll regroup. Uh, I think we'll do a thing on Black Widow Porter next week. Um, that'll force me to go hunt down Jen and see if we can get an interview. <laughs> um, and then we'll crack this keg and get Debbie's thoughts and maybe even do a blind taste test with uh, this ooh, year's Black ooh, Widow. Side by side. Yeah. And there's a good chance by that time um, the Oktoberfest will be carbonated enough to actually try. Oh, it should be, definitely. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah, you fill a growler full of that. Yeah, yeah. And then you rat bastard, you can see what it's like to take a carbonated beer and try to put it in something. <laughs> pain in the ass. No shit. That's why I look at these growler shops, I'm like, how the hell? They must, like, waste a shit ton of beer. They so. do. If you ever watch them when they pour it, there's yeah. just, like, foam blowing out of it, going all over the place. Yeah, so. if I owned a growler shop, well, so that's where um, Whole Foods has it down, right? Because they have that, they have their proprietary thing they got to do, but it seals the growler yeah. under pressure so they don't waste beer. Oh. But that's why you have to buy their growler and you can't use another growler. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they cut down on the beer wastage. Sure. And they increased their sales on growlers. Yeah. Well, it, as it, far as theirs. It's, it's one of the standard. Repeat customer types. All you need is one of the standard glass ones that have a right. screw top, but you can't bring in like the genie bottle one or the little oh, keg looking yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah. It's got to be the standard glass screw top. It's got to be the standard top. glass screw top. Yeah. And then they've got a specialty cap that holds the CO2 in, too. Yeah. Um, but that said, it's negative pressure. But because they're not wasting as much beer, they've got the same crappy beer on tap, like, all the time. <laughs> so I'm like, waste more beer, damn it. So, but Waste more beer to get better flavor. To get better beer, baby. And don't let your keg sit too long. No. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Sounds good. Tim Beers. <laughs> <laughs>